welcome to the Goal Lines Podcast, your mid-Missouri football guide. If you don't already subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's installment of the News Tribune Football Podcast featuring the Blair Oaks Falcons. I'm your host, Tony Hawley, sitting here with Greg Jackson of the News Tribune. And before Greg and I start to break things down this week, let's listen to a little bit of Greg's conversation with Blair Oaks head coach, Ted LePage. All right, Coach, let's take a quick look back at last week's 59-7 win against Moberly. And, and just, you know, the way the kids responded to giving up that first touchdown to just go out there and score on nine consecutive possessions, that's not something you see very often in a district championship game. No, and I like the adjustment from our defense. They, there was four individuals that all were a half a step off on that first play that went 71 yards. They ran that play nine more times in the game and didn't get any yards. So it was, it was probably more of a learning experience that – Okay, that happened. Move to the next play. But I, on the offensive side of the ball, it was uh, that was a, an impressive outing for us. I, I can't say it any other way. You know, you want to try to downplay it, but boy, they went out and they performed. Our, our players played at a very high level, and uh, I, I think the expectation is they they want to keep doing that. Like you said, I agree. The defense just did such a great job of tackling a team, tackling a team that rushed for more than 400 yards the previous week. On the other side of the ball, what did you like that you saw from the offense? From the offense, I think just the precision. We did. We just seemed like every play, every person was doing their job. It looked like we were really a good team. And that, what I mean by that is, you know, one play, a you know, quarterback or a running back, a receiver comes up and makes a great play. But it seemed like the offensive line and the backs and receivers were all in sync. And when I, that happens... Uh, it makes for a very good football night, and that's what I thought the other night. We were very, very in sync. Uh, I, I, I think that the players are trusting each other, and they want to keep playing together. So I think each each day just gets gets more fun. And, that, and the other thing I saw was our players had fun on Friday night. There was a lot of fun being had. So you start playing football with confidence, and you start having fun at it. You become pretty dangerous. Uh, for this program, that's 19 district titles in the past 23 years. So when you look at those numbers, I know it looks easy on paper, but just how <laughs> tough was it this year, especially with four state-ranked teams in your district? Well, we looked at the district early on, and I think going into week eight, uh, we were in third place. You know, so it was it was a something that we talked to our players about, but we also said. Let's control what we can control. All we control is how we play. But it was a, it was a task when you started looking at the, the state rankings and there's four of you sitting there and you're all in the same district. Uh, it works out like that sometimes. Just lucky enough for us, we played some good football at the right time. Um, and, and this Friday night, a, dist- a state quarterfinal matchup, I'm sorry, against Westminster Christian. What can you tell me about what you've seen from that team on film? Well, they're your typical private school. they got players that look like the positions they should be playing. They have a lot of really good hard-nosed players. And, I mean, they're hard-nosed, and they do a really good job on the offensive side and defensive side. Then they, you turn around and look at them, and they got some guys that – are, are, are different looking if you they're they're freaky <laughs> you know they they got some ability so they're really scary they've got a, a really nice receiver that's just as talented could be he's a two-sport guy he plays soccer he's a leading scorer on their soccer team he just is phenomenal he reminds me a lot of Morris from uh, Southern Boone just it just competes on every snap uh, their defensive end I don't know probably uh 
don't know if we've seen somebody like this this year. He's an Iowa commit, and he is he's the real deal. He's about 6'5", uh, 230 pounds, but boy, is he lanky and can he run. All right, that was Blair Oaks head coach Ted LePage. And before we look ahead to this week's state quarterfinal game, let's like take a look back to last week, Greg. And um, we kind of had a question in the podcast last week, would the Blair Oaks offense be able to score against a really tough Mowgli defense? They did to the tune of 59 points, <laughs> and Mowgli could not keep up falling 59-7. to God, it feels like that game was more than a week ago with yeah, all, the, right. all the stories I've had to write in the past week. But, you know, it was one of those games where Mowgli comes out and scores on the very first possession. I remember thinking, all right, uh, is this going to be like, you know, a, a Topeka Seaman and Southern Boone and Boonville type game where they're going to get three or four touchdowns and kind of make it interesting? And they it was not. very, it was not interesting <laughs> very soon thereafter because Blair Oak scored on each of its first nine possessions of the game, including Nolan Laughlin's first field goal of the year. And let's see, there was a 71-yard run by Gage St. Clair on the first possession. So, yeah, 71. And Moberly finished with 105 net yards. <laughs> so they got 70% of their offense on one play. Yeah. And the Blair Oaks defense, I mean, Kevon Tiger had what, what, what we talked last week. He had 298 yards rushing against Centralia. Yeah, he had 12. Right. I mean, that Blair Oaks defense, I mean, yeah. I, seriously, that Blair Oaks defense doesn't get enough credit. I yeah. know a lot of these kids have been three-year starters, and it's just expected that they're this good. But, I mean, that's a district championship game against a state-ranked opponent right. that's played a lot of good teams and you held them to seven. And on top of that, the offense scored 59, which, by the way, Mobley's most points allowed in a game all season was 34. Right. <laughs> so... They, I mean, they, what was it? The Blair Oaks had 35 points four minutes into the second quarter, Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's it, again. It's just one of those things that just it, it boggles the mind. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, you you get two state ranked teams in your district, and you know, you beat them by basically a combined total of you know 120 to to. 37 yeah you know so that i mean it's not just that you're beating people and it's not just that you're beating them handily it's beating your really good teams in what was supposed to be a murderous row of a district where we thought okay this is good whoever emerges is going to be battle tested well we should have known it was going to be them and we should have known they weren't going to be all that tested because that's just how good blair oaks is and i I mean i'll say it till i i think southern boom was the second best team in that district Mm -hmm. i really i know they're the four seed and i know the way the mission standing the rankings work i you know what i'm fine with the rankings the way they are because my argument I am a firm believer of you just I mean it doesn't matter what the ranking is or seating is you have to beat who's in front of you right if you I mean like we could complain about how two years ago Blair Oaks and Tolton boys basketball had to play in the district title game when they should have been when they would have been two of the top teams in the state right I, you can't fix geography and you can't make teams go I, like I'm not going to complain about that but I would argue Southern Boone was the second best team in that district. I, I think they would have beaten Moberly. I think they would have beaten Centralia because they just had, I mean, they had offense. They they, right. they had an offense that would, I, I think bo- both games against Moberly and Centralia would be shootouts, but I think Southern Boone would have won both of them. So, um, you know, that's just the... That's just the way it works, but right. you know, credit to Blair Oaks. Hey, four four state ranked teams in that district. They've beaten two of them, and if you look, I think there's only five state ranked teams still playing in the state quarterfinals. Right. That's because three of them had to be eliminated by right. this point. Right. 
So, you know, like the, the, the long and short of it is now is Blair Oaks is now 10-1. and one. They are the number one ranked team in Class 3. They'll go on the road today, 7 o'clock game at Parkway West. Not against Parkway West. Nope. They'll be playing Westminster Christian. Just like last year. <laughs> it, it wasn't at Lift for Life. It was at Cardinal River. Yeah, exactly. So we're used to going to weird places to play different <laughs> people than what the school's named. But um, so... Um, I think it's going to be an intriguing matchup. So let's just get into it from the standpoint of it's two different records from the standpoint. Look at it, Blair Oaks ten and one, Westminster Christian seven and five. But if you kind of do a deep dive, you look at it and go, go, okay, they lost four straight to open the season, then they won four straight, mm -hmm. then they lost a regular season finale, then they won three in district. So it's kind of like you yeah. know, are they the team that lost four straight, or are they the team that's you know, you know, won? Seven of eight. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the, the kind of interesting thing about today is just what what is this Westminster Christian team? I mean, if you take a look at that schedule, the first four games, there's a reason why they went 0-4. I, I, I know off the top of my head, one of them was Ladue. One of them was definitely Lutheran North. Lutheran North beat them two weeks after they had beaten Blair Oaks. Right. Um, trying to remember off the top of my Live head, for life. Live and, for Life, and, yeah, and Mary, uh, MICDS. Yeah, so, so I mean, know. hey, you know what? Right. I, 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 if you take a look at their losses, they're not bad losses. Right. They play a very tough schedule. Yep. Um, but again, you know, credit them. They haven't won a district. This is their first district title in eight years. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think because of the multiplier, Westminster Christian's kind of been uh, at that class four level, and now with the championship factor of zero, they're back down in class three, and a lot of these are more competitive. This was a program that, I'm, if I remember right, I think they only won one game last year. So to go from a one-win season to the state quarterfinals is one heck of a turnaround. Absolutely. And they've got a lot of athletes. Um, you know, you take a look on – Offense, and we're, I mean, this is, we, I, I feel like, I remember every week it sounds like Ted LePage tells me, man, this is the year of the quarterback, and we're going to continue that because <laughs> right. Westminster Christian has not just one, but two quarterbacks that they might play tonight. Right. And it's, it, it's you know, uh, Will Powers and Shep Nye. Uh, Shep Nye is the senior, Powers is the freshman. And from what Coach LePage told me, basically, it's whoever has the hot hand that night, okay. or whoever's, whoever's playing better. I I, mean, I don't know if it's one of those things where they just choose one, give him a chance, and if it, if it works, they stick with him. Or if they if it's one of those things like an early season Missouri Tiger football game where we're going to give two quarterbacks a chance just to see what we can early on in, in, in a game and, and go from there. But, um, you know, what was it? Uh, let's take a look. The Powers kid who's a freshman, he had 165 yards passing last week, two touchdowns. And Nye had 60 yards passing and also threw for two okay. touchdowns. So, again, I don't I don't think it's going to matter. I think you're going to get the same kind of production one way or the other. Okay. I, I don't think it is one of those where I, I really do think these are two evenly matched quarterbacks. I don't think it's like, okay, well, if this is a, a, a strong pass defense or a strong run defense, we're going to – uh, uh, make adjustments based on that. I really do think it's just, hey, we're going to go with one or the other and, and see what happens. So it'll be pretty much the scheme will stay the same, not yeah, they are, they one are mostly, runs and one throws, they, or they'll, yeah. they'll both do it. They are mostly a spread offense. The okay. quarterbacks don't really run much. And, and again, you know, we talk, we kind of joke about how we can write a book about the wing T offense based on what we've seen this year. This is going to be one of those rare times where Blair Oaks sees a, a, a spread offense. And, and again, if you have a good receiver like we saw with Boonville, I mean, they were spread offense and Dakota Troost had a really good game against Blair Oaks. Now, Blair Oaks did its job and shut down basically everyone else, and the only way Boonville is going to beat him is if Troost had like four or 500 yards receiving that right. game. Right. Um, I, I'll be very interested to see how this Westminster Christian team is different. And I mean, again, 
to me, the big deal is that they were down 30 to 14 at halftime last week to Orchard Farm, and they rallied to win 36 30. That's a pretty big deal right. this late in the season for a team that isn't normally at this level of the state playoffs to have a game like that. You know, you mentioned it earlier, and we've talked about it a lot. I think if you're going to beat this Blair Oaks team, you're going to have to be able to match them score for score, probably. Yeah. And then at some point, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to outscore them. So that's you know that's easier said than done for a lot of teams. But I think if you if you look at this if this Westminster Christian team throughout those first four games that they when they had that four game skid to start the season. Since then, I'm just going to throw these numbers at you: 54, mm-hmm. 49, 41, 49, 20. 27, 48, and 36. So, again, you can go deep into it and go, okay, who's it against and what numbers are those? But just from a pure numerical standpoint, you go, since that four-game losing skid, the least they've scored is 20 in a game, and they've been safely over that a lot. So you go, well, maybe maybe this is the team that can do it. Now, will, will the game will bear it out tonight if that is indeed the case, but at least on paper it looks like that's a team that can put up numbers, whereas some of these other teams we've looked at and gone, I don't know if they can put up enough numbers. I think they can put up numbers simply because they have so many talented skill players. Like, okay, aside from the two quarterbacks, they have two really good wide receivers. Uh, their leading receiver in yardage this year is Caden Collison, who, by the way, is a two-sport athlete. Not like, you know, football, basketball. I'm talking football and boys soccer. He's playing he, – this fall he has played two sports. Okay. And, by the way, Westminster Christian's boys soccer team is playing in the state Final Four this weekend, okay. about 30 minutes away in Fenton, Missouri. So – uh, I, I, okay, so going back, I think there's multiple reasons why this game is on Friday night. You can make the argument, well, if you look down the road, the state championship game is on a Friday, so do you want to get in that rhythm where you play Friday, Friday, Friday? Right. I think there's that possibility. But also, if you look, Westminster Christian Boys Soccer plays at like 2 or 2.30 on Friday, okay. and then they would play again Saturday afternoon, win or lose for first or third place in the state. So this, I, I don't, I'm not saying this is the reason. I'm saying it, it does line up to where fans wanted to go to all three games. Sure. The schedule will allow for that to happen right so um but yeah i mean in, in the collison kids also i think he scored 27 goals this soccer season so <laughs> he's there he's the pretty lead, good fall for he's the kid. leading receiver with almost a thousand yards ru- uh, receiving and he's got 27 goals and usually mm-hmm. if you're a dual sport athlete in those two sports you're the kicker so i thought that was kind of interesting that he he has that kind of variety of skill set absolutely um devin coulter number five had the really good game for them last week though eight catches 104 yards and at least two touchdowns so um, you know, uh, and on top of that, they've got two great running backs. You know, one didn't play last week, um, but the other one, who is their second leading rusher, had about 100 yards rushing. Chris okay. Hurd, uh, Coach LePage is expecting the other uh, running back to be back. I believe his name is Joshua Avery. He's got about 900, 1,000 yards rushing. Okay. Uh, had pads, was wearing them on the sideline, just didn't come in. He thinks, you know what, uh, he thinks w- this will be a game where he can reappear. So okay. that's somebody we didn't see last week that could play. And on top of that, uh, Coach LePage said that they've got a couple of pretty decent tight ends. So they've got all the okay. positions covered offensively. Sure. And I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why they're able to win because they don't have that one go-to guy or two go-to guys. They've got five or six different people they can go to, and you have to be a well-rounded defense to play with this team. So it's sounding like this might be a game in which stops will be key. And, yeah. and just, again, if you can accumulate a few more than the other team, then that's going to go a long way towards giving you a chance to win. So 
what will the Blair Oaks offense, you know, again, they haven't had any trouble scoring against anybody this year. Right. But if there is something that Westminster Christian can do or if there is a player that can help to slow them down, is there a player or two that you look for from the Westminster Christian defense that you go, this player could make an impact today? I mean, on their de- at the defensive end, Joseph Anderson, number 84, he's a senior who has already committed to play football next fall at Iowa. Okay. Um 71 tackles, but 22 of them are for loss with seven sacks. This is a kid. I think he's 6'5", 210. So okay. he's got that. I mean, he's got that D, D1 D in size. Um, you know, Coach. I asked Coach LePage if they had seen a, a defensive lineman like this in the past couple of years. The answer was no. Okay. Uh, you know, Blair Oaks has seen a couple of great defensive ends. You know, the Dylan Niles from Southern Boone for a couple of games. He's going to Northwest Missouri, but this. Uh, the difference with Anderson is that, you know, Coach LePage mentioned that he has a great swim move to get through the okay. O-line. And then, I mean, the kid's also a state champion in the triple jump in track and field. So, a very fast kid. He's also He also runs the sprint events in track. So, not only is he big, he's also fast. <laughs> Good so combination. He's, yeah, great combination to lead to a D1 scholarship <laughs> right, offer. And, and I think that's what's good. I think that's going to be the big test for the, the Blair Oaks O-line. What they try to do is they want to get him in one-on-one match. Well, so I, I would imagine Blair Oaks is going to counter and definitely try to maybe get like a pulling guard in there and, and try to double team him and dare somebody else to beat him. Now, here's the other kicker if you're Westminster Christian. They've been known to bring the outside linebackers in on their 3-4 defense so it has that 5-D line look. Okay. And that really does force one-on-one situations because if you double team him, then you basically need to utilize... Uh, you know, like an Eli Luckett or a Hayden Lackman to block that extra person sure. uh, coming through. Right. So, uh, you know, a lot of tough decisions. I'll be curious to see how Blair Oaks plays that one out. Yeah. Um, at this time of year, you're always looking for intangibles to find out, you know, okay, who's going to come in healthier. That's going to be probably a big factor that yeah. that will decide this game. You're also going to be, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit in the uh, Jefferson City Jays podcast with them playing on Saturday afternoon. Sounds like it's going to be just perfectly fine yeah. weather, whereas this game tonight is going to be played once the sun goes down. Could get a little bit chilly tonight. We're yeah. going to we're kind of starting to see those those warm days, cold, cold nights kind of coming around. So so this could be one of those where after the sun goes down, this is going to feel like, you know, this is going to feel like late season football, which it is, but it might even feel like what it's going to feel like yeah. two weeks from now. So I think it's going to be one of those games where you go, okay, you know what, it's going to be a little bit different than we've been dealing with the while, for for a while where we've been having just great weather after yeah. great weather. This one's going to be a little bit chilly tonight. It, it will. Uh, injury, uh, going back to the original uh, uh, point you brought up, injury-wise, you know, Caden uh, Schulte will be back uh He'll be available playing offensive line now. Justin Atnip is had come back earlier to take his spot. Uh, you know, Caden was filling in for an injured Justin Atnip, so they're already good on offensive line. But now they've got some extra depth okay. uh, back on the O line. And as far as I can tell, everybody else that has been playing is is healthy and good to go. But really, weather wise, the only thing that makes me wonder is about the Blair Oaks passing game. And if you take a look, we've talked about this week after week. You know. Blair Oaks has been a team that can definitely throw the ball. Sure. But they're running the ball a lot more now just because they're averaging eight or nine yards a run. And why would you throw the ball when you're gaining eight, nine yards per play? Um, I will say Tyler Backs looked better in the passing game last week. I think he was 7 of 11 for about 150-ish yards. But they still rushed as a team for about 300 yards. And he had another 100-yard game. So, um it, it might be. I, I think it's going to be one of those things where obviously Blair Oaks comes out before the. I mean, they already know tonight, uh, the night like a day or two in advance, 
of what their first seven or eight plays from scrimmage are going to be. I'll be curious, like, I mean, is it going to be predominantly run? Or are they going to throw in a pass here or there? One of the things I like that I saw last week is in that first set of plays was we saw a jet sweep to Nick Klosser, and that was a 15-yard gain. I think the jet sweep is going to be a big factor tonight, especially if we keep talking about how Joseph Anderson is going to be a big factor. Right. I think you take him out of the picture with jet sweeps, and you kind of dare him to move outside. And if you move him outside, all of a sudden that might open up the middle, and they try to run up right. the middle with either Tyler Backs, Eli Luck, at Hayden Lackman. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Blair Oak scripts this start and what they do to kind of game plan away from Anderson at D-end. And also, I mean, you know, they have some great other great players on defense, but it'll be very interesting to see where Blair Oaks has success early on. If they have that run success, I don't know why they go away from that. Yes, you got to sprinkle in some throws here or there, but again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. All right, I guess I'll just ask you flat out, who gets his spot in the state semifinals? I think it's going to be Blair Oaks. Okay. Um, just the experience. I mean, I, I think I looked it up. This will be their 18th state quarterfinal game. All these happening since 2001, mind you. Wow. So, uh, and they're 11 and six in those games. Um, I, I just. I, I remember last year the defense was so dominant in that lift for life game. I think that was a 42 to nothing score. I don't know if they pitch a shutout tonight, but I think they can come pretty close to it. I think Blair Oaks wins this game. I'll, I'll go on ahead and say 49-14. All right, that should do it for this week. For Greg Jackson, I'm Tony Hawley saying thanks for listening. For more information about this week's game, pick up a copy of the Goal Line section in Friday's News Tribune and get game updates and more prep sports content all week by following Greg Jackson on Twitter at ActionJackson05. That's Action, J-A-X-O-N-05. Thanks for listening.